Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name's James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. The stage is set. It's a little bit of a different stage than we were all expecting, but the Western Conference final stage is set. Lakers versus Nuggets. Game one starts Friday night. Let's get into it. Boy, oh boy. Was I not expecting what happened on Tuesday night? The Clippers lose to the Nuggets in Game 7 of the Western Conference semifinal matchup between them and the Nuggets. And not only did they lose in the game, but they got wrecked. They got smoked. So, I mean, (laughs) Christmas came kind of early on that one. I, you know, the Clippers, the whole season were a weird team where everyone was saying they're a championship favorite. We were all expecting them to pretty much cakewalk it to the Western Conference Finals. We, I think, I mean, that's the way I was looking at it. I was expecting that the Lakers and the Clippers would basically cakewalk it to the to the Western Conference Finals, and then from there. It would be a dogfight, you know, a six to seven game series between the two teams. Um, so, you know, this whole season we're expecting the Clippers to be one of the best teams in the league, and they, you know, they just it, it's hard with them because they were doing the load management thing during the regular season. Kawhi and Paul George had only played together for so many games. The entire team had only played so many games together and in those games they were good but it's a small sample size you know it's only like 20 games or you know whatever it was um so the team you know in 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 the post game press briefings and whatnot with the clippers guys you know they're blaming bad chemistry um as being one of the main factors as to why they blew not only did they lose in game seven they blew a 3-1 lead against the nuggets and then got smoked in game seven and they just looked defeated um you know there's a report out there saying also on top of that 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 in the fourth quarter there was a, a large amount of clippers players asking to be subbed out every like three minutes because they were so gassed they didn't have conditioning so you know, I get this was a weird season. I get that um, there was like a f- four-month or whatever it was break in between the shutdown in March and the restart in, you know, the end of July, beginning of August. So I get, you know, I get all that stuff. But it seems to me like a pretty lame excuse, except especially to Lakers fans. You know, not, not that they're having to come up with a come up with an excuse for Lakers fans but from a Lakers fans perspective they you know the Clippers are saying we were tired and we have bad chemistry you know this is only our first year together well guess what the Lakers this is their first year together you know I mean there's a couple couple overlap from a few there's a few people overlap from last season with LeBron and Rondo and Kuzma 
um, than Caruso. But like for the most part, this is the this Lakers team is basically a brand new team this year, adding Anthony Davis and and um, Danny Green and and you know like it's especially like when you have Anthony Davis like a, a superstar like Anthony Davis just joining the team this year, a lot of things change. The whole the Lakers strategy this season has been completely different than it has last season. And yes, there's been overlap of guys. It's not a brand new team in the same way that the Clippers um, situation is brand new. But still, that seems to me like a lame excuse. You know, the Lakers have one of the best, had one of the best team chemistries in the entire league as a fairly brand new team. And then on top of that, they've been They've had the energy and the ability to close out series and run other teams off the court with their conditioning. So, lame excuse if you're uh, suck. Honestly, like those excuses, if I were a Clippers fan, I'd be pissed. It it sucks. You know, that's pretty unfortunate. But Clippers lost. Nuggets took advantage of the Clippers' um, inability to close out the series. And now Lakers face the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. So I think it's enough on the Clippers. You know, I, in one sense, you know, if I, sorry, changing lanes, there's like three lanes shut down on the freeway and people are being jerks and not letting me over. Anyways, um, You know, if if I could, if I could have guaranteed that the Lakers could beat the would have beaten the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, of course I would have chosen for the Lakers to go up against the Clippers because I would have wanted that, you know, hallway rivalry, LA LA matchup, um, and for the Lakers to to beat the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals would have been amazing. But as a Lakers fan, not knowing what was going to happen. I'm extremely happy to see the Lakers get or the Clippers get knocked out and for the Lakers to face the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals as opposed to the Clippers. Not saying that the Nuggets are a bad team or whatever, but they the threats that the Nuggets pose against the Lakers I think are lower than the threats that the Clippers could have posed against the Lakers. So even even with how bad the Clippers have been playing, you know, when you have guys like Kawhi and Paul George, it's just way it's just very dangerous so as a Lakers fan as a guy following the Lakers I'm couldn't be more stoked about this matchup you know I was telling my wife that before as the seeding games were happening before um before the playoffs and there was the Western Conference there was a lot of teams trying to ch- jumping and changing spots so it was kind of changing all the matchups at the last second um I was actually hoping that the Rockets would have, because they were they were moving up in the in the uh, in the Western Conference standings. Um, the Rockets had moved up moved up to number four, and the Nuggets were at number three. And so I was telling my wife that I had, uh, I was kind of hoping that the Rockets would actually jump the Nuggets, so that the Lakers would have faced the Nuggets in the second round as opposed to facing the Rockets in the second round. Um, but it, had I known that this would have happened, I would have left it out as is because the Lakers, um, 
pretty much destroyed the Blazers and the Rockets on their way to the to the Western Conference Finals, and now are facing the Nuggets, who I was hoping the Lakers would have faced in the second round anyways. So, um, honestly, couldn't have been a better... Couldn't This couldn't be a better situation for the Lakers as compared to what we were all expecting. So, um, I think the Lakers match up pretty well against the Nuggets. Um, I mean, the, Lakers, the thing with the Lakers... Their strong suit is that they match up well against almost every team because not many teams have a guy that can that can cover LeBron James and almost no like I think I mentioned this in the last episode I don't think there is a team out there that can really cover Anthony Davis. There's guys that can get in his way and slow him down a little bit, but there's no one that can really shut Anthony Davis down. So between the duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis teams are going to have to expend so much energy on defense to try and stop them that it's a huge advantage to the Lakers because they're focusing all their time trying to stop those two guys um, and not able to focus as well on other things in the game. And then and then when you add things on top of it like Markeith Morris and Danny Green and KCP and even Rondo and Caruso hitting threes, then it's just game over because you can't cover everyone at once. So... And that's, that's what we saw in the last two games of, against the Rockets. So, you know, I, jumping into the to the Nuggets-Lakers matchup, it's funny because I kind of are – I could be wrong on this, but the way that I'm seeing it right now, I'm kind of viewing this Nuggets team as a slightly better version of the Blazers team that the Lakers played in the first round. You know, you have one you have one guard that is dangerous that can that can or has gone off for forty plus points. Um, you have some other guards that can hit shots, but they're not necessarily not necessarily the most reliable. And then you have a wing defender that's aging that's that used to be very very good, um, still still can make a difference can can add some some stuff to his team in Paul Millsap kind of similar to Carmelo Anthony um and then you have Jokic who I think is kind of the difference he's in my mind he's the difference maker between um the Nuggets and the Blazers and making the Nuggets a better team than the Blazers are because the Blazers um you know they had Nurkic who is you know he can be a good player he can he can shoot hit from the outside and stuff but he's not the same type of player as Jokic he's not the kind of he's not he doesn't have the ability or or he doesn't distribute the ball in the same way that Jokic does um Jokic is definitely a better player so Jokic and Jamal Murray are kind of the big two for the Nuggets um whereas the Blazers the big two is McCollum and and Lillard but I kind of see that these teams very similar at least more similarly than other teams um and I think the Lakers can can deploy the same type of defensive strategy that they deployed against both the Blazers and the Rockets on the Nuggets and I think it'll it'll be effective because the real firecracker for the Nuggets is Jamal Murray he's he's not quite as consistent as a guy like Damian Lillard yet he's young he's like 23 years old um 
So the fact that he's playing this well at such a young age is, is for the Nuggets, that's amazing. You know, that's a, that's a very good sign of a very bright future um, with him. So, but given that he's young and all that, he's still more inconsistent than, than Damian Lillard or James Harden, those kind of guys. Um, but I think that he is definitely the firecracker on the, on their, on the Nuggets offense where he can go off for 40 to 50 points. Um, and he can go lights out from the three point line. And it's a guy that the Lakers really need to contain if they want to, if they really want to blow out the Nuggets in this series, you have to contain Jamal Murray first, I think. Jokic is a threat in that he can he can make a shot from anywhere in the in the on the court pretty much. I mean, he doesn't have the ranges like Damian Lillard or James Harden, but he can hit a contested three with a hand in his face. You know, he does that funny little um, like it's not even like a step back; it's like a little skip. It's like a weird. It's like a mix between like the Dirk step back kind of, or like the Dirk fade away and like a step back. It's like, it's like he only learned how to do like half of a step back and then just kind of fades away. And because he's so big, he can get away with it. But he does this little like weird skip, like skip step thing where he like fades away and it somehow works and he hits shots like that. And so like he, um, can hit a shot from just about anywhere on the court. He, and by that I mean he can hit threes, he can hit mid-range, he can... Obviously, he's a big guy, so he can make it inside as well. Um, so there's a threat there. However, given the Lakers' size, I don't... I'm not quite as worried about Jokic having... going off for a huge game and being the one that kills the Lakers. You know, because... Because between between Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, I really don't I I really see those three being able you know, maybe not I mean Anthony Davis could definitely shut him down if he was guarding him the entire game. But between those three, like playing, you know like in the NFL there's like running back for committee or whatever. There's, in this sense, like the committee of centers where between JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis covering Jokic, those guys are both big enough and quick enough to to cover him without fouling him every single time and staying in front of him and making it really difficult to hit a shot. So, like, what I'm trying to say here is the way the Lakers have been playing defense is they in the playoffs is they find the spark plug for the other team they throw double teams at at that person and then when the when that person gives up the ball they quickly they have like a help defense cover and then they all just rotate it's kind of like if you ever you know growing up or like in high school or even college or whatever um or just practicing like a they used for me they used to call like a shell drill where you have five guys on the outside who are on offense on the outside of like the three-point line and then five guys playing man defense all in front of their guy 
you have your help defense you know you're all you're obviously not standing right next to your guy the entire time so you can help if someone cuts or whatever um and if you throw a double team in that situation then obviously the guy on the weak side has to shift over and help when the ball gets swung and then at that point the people that were double teaming all have to shift over to the what becomes like the weak side so that's kind of what the Lakers have been doing on defense in the last two rounds and I I think they can do that again this time the only the only wrinkle where things get where things get tough is um, if you're double if you throw the double at Jamal Murray at the start of the uh, possession and then they swing it the Lakers defense has to rotate and then you get a mismatch on Jokic you get a guy like Rondo or like KCP on Jokic then you have a mismatch there and and Jokic can be dangerous in that situation so that's the that's the one that's the one um scenario that kind of worries me where I could see the Nuggets going to that a lot and trying to get those types of mismatches um but if there's a way that you can throw the double at Murray have a guy locked you know have like Anthony Davis or Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee locked onto Jokic and then rotate your other two guys um your other three guys and kind of play the help defense that way then that would be nice um but somehow, basically, the Lakers, all they need to do to win this series and to, uh, and to dominate the series is they need to find a way to shut down Jamal Murray and find a way to shut down Jokic. And I really don't think that that should be all that all that difficult, um, especially considering the, the teams and the players the Lakers have faced up to this point. Like, yes, people are saying the Lakers had a, have had a cakewalk in the first two rounds, but let's not forget all the people saying that the Lakers were going to struggle against the Blazers and all the people that were saying the Lakers were going to struggle against the Rockets. I get it. They didn't. Like, now that you can look back and say that they had a cakewalk, yeah. But I don't think that – I don't think it's as simple as that because why else would people be saying that the Blazers and Rockets would take the Lakers to seven games – if they didn't think those teams were good enough or had the ability to push the Lakers. And I think those teams did push the Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers lost both uh, game ones of those series, and then the Lakers had to make adjustments. Um, in both of those series, there was at least one game where it was back and forth offensively and a close game at the end, or close-ish game at the end, before the Lakers pull away. So, like, I don't think it was a cakewalk in that the Lakers just swept those teams and um and it was like super easy like the Lakers lost at least one game well they only lost a game in each series and then had to make critical adjustments you know when you lose a game one like yeah it's a seven game series so you have time but when you lose game one your backs are automatically pushed up against the wall, you know, because if you go go down 2-0, then you're just digging yourself a deeper hole, and, like, it's just every game really matters so much more, obviously, in the playoffs. So even though 
it turned into a cakewalk for the Lakers, so to speak. Their backs were against the wall to start each series, and they had to make critical adjustments. And I think those teams pushed the Lakers more so than than people will give credit for now. However, um, I think the you know I think the Lakers they did making those adjustments. I think made it the series easier for them. But but I think that. I would not say that those series were necessarily cakewalks in that, like, the Lakers had it handled from start to finish, series done. Um, so, given all that, the Lakers, I think they just need to take what they've learned in those first two series, apply it to this matchup against the Nuggets, and I think that um, it'll at least make their lives much easier. I won't, I know, I don't, I don't, who knows, maybe there's, maybe Paul Millsap or someone will go off and kind of like a P.J. Tucker where he has a good game and it makes a difference for the team. Definitely possible. But Jamal Murray and Jokic are the, are the, are the pillars of the Nuggets offense. And if the Lakers can find a way to shut them down, even if you can find a way to shut one of them down, it'll it'll make a big difference. But all you got to do is if you shut them both down, um, easier said than done. But that's that's how the Lakers can really make a big difference and take over the series from the get go. Um, speaking of which, you know, I don't know. I ran a poll on the Lakers Carpool Twitter page to see what you all thought of um, all the rest the Lakers were going to get between closing out the Rocket series and the beginning of the Western Conference Finals. Um, I was more worried about it when it was the Clippers, potentially, because I did, had the Clippers played better and closed out this, the sec- their second-round series and came into the Western Conference Finals but the Lakers had 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 closed out their series quicker and had more rest. I would I would have been a little more nervous about that situation because it would give like the Rockets would have the momentum of playing well, closing out a series and then the Lakers would be kind of stagnant from having not played in a few days. In this situation, I'm a little less worried only because like I was saying I like this matchup between the Nuggets and the and the Lakers for the Lakers. Um, so I think the, the rest or having the days off doesn't matter quite as much. However, I do, you know, I do think, well, yeah, I'll say what I think first and I'll say what the poll results were. I think that, and I'm basing this really mostly off of the last two rounds, but I think that the Lakers will come out a little flat in game one, um, they might even lose game one. Um, we've seen every single round, or the, the previous two rounds, we've seen the Lakers shooting be way, um, way down in the first game or the first couple games of the series. Um, so I would not be at all surprised if that happened again, if the Lakers just couldn't buy a basket from three. Um 
So in this case, I, I do feel that the having the days off will hurt the Lakers in the short term. Um, so on the Twitter poll, um, it was pretty close, but the majority ended up saying that they think the rest is actually good for the Lakers and that losing the momentum isn't going to hurt the Lakers as much as getting the rest will help the Lakers, which I actually think I agree with in the long run. In the, in the short term, I don't agree with that. I think in the short term, it, it'll hurt the Lakers in that like they might lose game one, game two will be close, but then if the Lakers can get back into their stride and catch that momentum that they had had at the end of the Rocket series, then they should be able to close out the series pretty well, like they've been doing. Um, so in that short term, I think that the rest will, or losing the momentum will hurt the Lakers. In the long run of like the, if the Lakers get past this round and get to the finals, in the in the long run the rest will help immensely. Because like, as you could all imagine, the team with the easiest road to the finals is the team that is better equipped to win the finals. You know, no matter who you who you have on your team and all that jazz, like, you know, look at the 2016 Warriors, for example. They go out, they break the record for most wins in a season. They go into the playoffs, they struggle against the Thunder, they go down 3-1, they come back, they win in seven games. They go um, play against the Cavs in the finals. They go up 3-1 in that series as well. Or, well, sorry, they went down 3-1 in the previous series. They go up 3-1 in the finals. And they're just gassed. And they they do lose Draymond Green, but the Cavs come and win in seven games. Um, And I think a lot of that had to do with their, even dating to the regular season for them, they were just exhausted as a team because they had played so many they had played so many minutes they had played so well at such a high level for so long that by the end of it they just like you know you have a guy like LeBron James and Kyrie Irving playing out of their minds and you lose Draymond Green and then you're just toast and like a lot of that does have to do with Draymond getting suspended and and all that stuff but like I think a lot of it does also have to do with the um, the road to the finals. So the Lakers' road so far has been five games in the first two series, and then let's say best case scenario, they sweep the Nuggets or win in five games, and then get to the finals. Well, then on the other end, you have either the Heat or the Celtics. You have the Celtics who have played in at least one seven-game one seven series. And then you have the Heat, who have had a, actually a fairly easy road to the finals as well. So at that point, it's just interesting. But like the teams that have the easiest road to the finals, from a rest standpoint, are better equipped to to play their best game. And so if the Lakers are, are well-rested and are better equipped to play their best game, their best game is better than... The Nuggets' best game is better than the Celtics' best game is better than the Heat's best game, in my opinion. Um, so, in that sense, like 
the Lakers have had or will have had six days off before the Western Conference Finals game, game one begins on Friday night. And I think the Lakers will come out a little slow. I mean, it's crazy with the Lakers because, like, if they come out and KCP or Danny Green hits their first three, then I feel like the Lakers will be fine. If they hit their first three, I feel like that is a sign that they will be okay. But if they come out and KCP and and Danny Green struggle from the three-point line, miss their first three shots, I just – that – that worries me for the Lakers a lot, just given their track record and how they've started. I wouldn't be surprised if they started out slow and um, struggled to get the win. But on the other hand, given the tough matchup between LeBron and Anthony Davis, anything can happen. So I'm going to give my prediction. I think I'm going to say... Lakers win in six. However, I really would not be as surprised at all, as I'm sure many of you wouldn't be, if the Lakers won in five again. Because the, this Lakers team is so good at making adjustments. They're so good at um, finding the the pain point for the on the on the opposing team and just attacking it, both on the defensive end and on the offensive end. And running it to perfection almost, too. You know, we saw that with the Rockets. They, um, on the offensive end, the Lakers are, you have LeBron who's like headhunting whoever the weakest defender on the court is, whether it's Austin Rivers or um, or Eric Gordon, just because that matchup is so bad. And then on the defensive end, you see, like, the Lakers recognize that Russell Westbrook was not that great of a player, that he was inconsistent, whether that has to do with his overall basketball skills or, like, problems specific problems this season with him having had COVID and then also the leg injury earlier in the playoffs who knows but Russell Westbrook just wasn't playing well the Lakers identified that and forced Westbrook to beat the Lakers which like thinking about a Westbrook a few years ago that seems like a big risk but given what the Lakers knew about him and how he's been playing they were willing to take that risk knowing that he was going to be so inconsistent and wouldn't be able to to lead the Rockets to victories against the Lakers. And so the Lakers will just have to find whatever that pain point is for the Nuggets, whether that's whatever, you know, whether it's a rotation guy for the Nuggets that is inconsistent from three, you know, like forcing him to take more threes than the Nuggets want him to take, or whether it's, you know, maybe it's forcing Paul, the ball into Paul Millsap's hand or something, as opposed to Jokic or Jamal Murray. You know, whatever the whatever the situation is, the Lakers will find that pain point, and I'm sure they'll find it after Game One, whether they win or lose, and they'll make the right adjustments. and And as long as they stick to it and and execute it, and if the Lakers can hit shots the way that they had been hitting shots. Um, at the end of the Rocket series, then the Nuggets stand no chance. So, you know, given how the Nuggets have been playing, they've been forced, they've played, never never been done before, come back from 3-1 in the same playoffs. They've done it two series in a row against, first against the Jazz, then against the Clippers. Um, so 
they've been playing good enough basketball to win two seven-game series in a row, which is definitely impressive. The Nuggets, I don't mean to downplay the Nuggets. I think that the Nuggets do face threats for the Lakers. I mean, you look at the regular season uh, record between the Lakers and Nuggets, and the Lakers, they played four times. The Lakers won three games um, and lost one game. One of those games, the in that one game the Lakers lost, the Nuggets blew them out. In the three games that the Lakers won, I believe they were all close games. That came down to a few possessions. Um, so to say that this Nuggets team is a bad team would be would would be the wrong thing to say. I think that they are less of a threat for the Lakers than the Clippers would have been. However, they are a good team that pose threats to the Lakers. I think the difference is in a seven-game series, when you're playing the same team back-to-back, your focus is on what you need to do to beat that one team. And between LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, and especially like Rondo, playoff Rondo, I think playoff Rondo is playoff Rondo because he's so good strategically and knows how to pick apart a team when he's playing them back-to-back-to-back. I think that, that... is a big advantage for the Lakers in the situation. I think you can, you know, the the regular season record between the teams does shed some light on how the series might go. Um, and if we think anything of it, the Lakers are the better team, but it's close. Is kind of what you would think based on the regular season record. My thing is like that is tr- probably true, or there's some truth to it. However, when you're playing a seven game series and can make adjustments. I think the Lakers the Lakers should and can make those adjustments and execute them better than the Nuggets can against the Lakers because there's only so much that the Nuggets can do against Anthony Davis especially and then you add LeBron on top of that and it's a it's a tall mountain to climb. Can they do it? Yes, they could. The Nuggets could beat the Lakers, but my guess is Lakers Lakers in six, if the Lakers, but if the Lakers are playing, if they come into the series with the momentum and playing the way that they're playing against the Rockets, then Lakers in five and possibly in four. But I'm going to say Lakers in six, wouldn't be surprised Lakers in five, Um, but super stoked for the game on Friday night. Game one of the Western Conference Finals. The first Western Conference Finals that the Lakers have been in since 2010. It's been a 10-year drought for the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, so it's so exciting to be back. And also fun to be playing the Nuggets. You know, the Lakers have had a lot of fun matchups with the Nuggets in playoffs past, back between 2008 and 2010 with Kobe and Powell and playing against Carmelo Anthony and J.R. Smith and and, uh, all those guys. So fun to have that Lakers Nuggets matchup back in the Western Conference Finals catch the game on Friday night um, and hopefully the Lakers can pull out the win in game one but Lakers should get that series in six games thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, 
Thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!